Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Thomas Podcast here today. I'm joined by John and Owen. Hello and, there. Uh, hello there. And we are here to talk about the Doctor Who Story Kinder. But first, so much stuff has not happened in the week. It's like it's been a really slow week. There's no news, nothing to talk about. There's been some really bullshit rumour about all the missing stories being found in the Middle East. It's all fake. Don't believe anything on Facebook. The new, the new DWM cover looks nice. Oh, yeah. That's all right. Yeah, I've got Colin um, on the front. I like to call mine and a Hodiac. I mean, obviously, we'll all, we all have our DWMs by the time it's broadcast. But, um, I, I don't particularly purchase it myself, but... Uh, I'm a subscriber. I get a text-free copy. See, I, I was, go, I was going to... Front, I was go- a, a text-free copy inside would be shit. Yeah, you just get... Yeah, there you go. How are you both, though? Um, you guys all right? Let's see. Uh, obviously, the last year on the show was technically the new, or John was on the other week, but oh, I mean, the last year was technically New Year's, but it was like the 21st. So it's been about two weeks. Yeah, we're, doing right. we're doing all right. We've both done that lateral flow tests today because we've both been pinged uh, in the course of the week. Um, so um, the restrictions being lifted is, uh, is, is, is going really fucking well. Yeah, I'm also ill, but I've not got COVID. Mine, I've done mine, mine came back as void, um, which means I don't exist. So I'm going to have to try that again later. I'll try it again tomorrow. <laughs> John, you came back you, as negative, so... Negative. John, you're like, uh, you're like um, Tegan in the story. Only one of you exists and one of you is fake. Except... No, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, Nick, I'm, I mean, without wanting to get too far into my views, I'm like Nissa in this story. Fucking pointless. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, this podcast might be a bit shorter. I don't know, because there really is anything to talk about. I saw, uh, I don't know if I haven't seen it, so I'm not going to go into it, but Boba Fett looked really cool today. Um, if yep. those have seen it, I, I went on Twitter as soon as John said, for those who care, don't look at Twitter, because I didn't care. I don't really like the Star Wars shows. I went, let's have a look on Twitter and see who's popped up. And I went, oh. Yeah, knob. Well, I don't I don't watch him. I like, Connor's the same. So I said, oh, have you watched Boba Fett? He's like, I don't care. I was like... So, um, missing out. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll have to. I, obviously, now, now on the YouTube channel, we have a video each week. I have to do a, a video on Star Wars and why I no longer care about Star Wars. First trilogy is great. Force Awakens was good. Last Jedi had potential, and then it got ruined. At least that's my opinion, anyway. Um, and the Mandalorian was all right. I didn't continue with it. Sorry, everyone. That's just my point of the boss being in it. Whom? The boss, Sasha Banks. Oh, yeah, her. I, I forgot that she was in it. She was in the series two. You didn't think I meant Bruce fucking Springsteen, did you? That's what, I was thinking, I was like, who's the boss? I was like, is there a Star Wars character? And then Bruce Springsteen was the only person that came to my mind. I was like, you didn't think I meant, I am I meant Owen, Owen, Owen's, Owen's boss at the uh, Owen's boss at the Who Shop or boss out of the Green Death, which you won't understand because you've not watched. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I choose like season two. Oh, sorry, spoilers. That's all right. It's fine. Um, I'll forget it by the time we get around to it on the wheel, probably. Um, yeah, I'll it probably comes out, it comes out your box next. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a lot. I've got a live wheel that I can screen share now for you guys as well, so it looks Ooh. visually more interesting. Ooh, so, we, we, so we actually know that you're not cheating. Yes. I've I mean, also. I mean, to be fair, we we know that you're not cheating because why the hell would anybody choose Kinder? 
so also as well for viewers who have asked uh, they want me to include new who and classic will in the same wheel because they said there's so many just pop them on the same wheel so i have done because i used to alternate i used to do new who classic who because there was a viewership difference so i was like right I'll and, but now they're like put them on one so i've done it um so now literally any story even the movie could come out of the wheel this week maybe so I like um the movie. I, I i'm indifferent i watched it at three o'clock with our friend callum MacArthur and in uh, three o'clock in the morning i might add um first day i met adam and moon that was the day i watched the doctor who tv movie at three in the morning Oh, that TV movie is great. Put them against, put them against a trial. I, I think oh, yeah. I was just, I think I was just tired. I don't, I don't dislike it. It's, he's great. Well, anyway. I mean, I mean, you, you didn't have to wait seven years for it like some of us did. Yeah, it was already out when I was born. It was. Um, but quickly, uh, guys, uh, is there anything else that you guys want to talk about the podcast quickly before we get into Kinder, or should we just get straight into it this week? And I'm genuinely trying to think what's going on. It's all very quiet in the world of Who at the moment. It's um, been a slow one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, just... you know, obviously there's a couple of convention announcements. Um, you know, so literally everybody or most people are now looking forward to meeting uh, meeting Jody at the end of this month, um, which is very good. Mandep's going to be there as well. Um, they've also announced a screening at the BFI for the week after for Revelation of the Daleks, um, yes. which looks to be really good. Um, the tickets for us will be on sale tomorrow, I believe. Don't tell people. Well, no, but if they're not, if they're members, they'll know already. Surely, surely they've paid to. Don't remind them. No, if you miss out, by, if you miss out by like one person, and that one person's one of your listeners, that would be karma biting you on the arse. It would indeed. Um, also, actually, before we get into uh, to the uh, review, uh, I'm going to give a, not a round of applause because I'm lying on my hand to sit down, but a massive thank you to Owen Luckhurst again for uh, creating the artwork. However, John did point something out to me that you can tell you fucking made the artwork because you're the biggest circle on the bloody artwork. <laughs> Only on the YouTube? No, you're on the Twitter as well. Is it? Oh, okay. You're yeah. bigger than me. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I've not got a problem with that, but you're bigger than me. Um, hang on, let me have a look. Um... <laughs> VAR. Literally going get, to get like a 5p piece now and measure it out with coins, isn't he? <laughs> no, he's got, he's got, he's got, he's got a sixpence. It's not an illusion or you are big. It might be because yours is lighter, but you um, look biggest. On the Twitter... Uh, me, you, Alex, and Beef are all the same size on on the Twitter banner. We're clearly not. I actually, I actually look slightly smaller. We're clearly not. I mean, it, it may just be an optical illusion because yours is brighter. But when you look at it, I mean, when you look at it, it does look. Actually, yeah, it, it, it's just the, in that case, it's just the tones and colours. Because you've got a dark background and yours is brighter, yeah. you look bigger. There we go. We've come, to, we've come to the bottom. But on actually doing the science, I'm not going to complain too much because it looks like I'm actually bigger than you are. Uh. 
I might be bigger than Alex, very possibly. Probably. So, yeah, as you were, um, no complaints, is as it should be. Your boy here is um, the biggest circle when he's boss. There we go. Sorted. But it's funny how optical illusions work. Mm, it, is, it is indeed. That I always, always find them particular. I, some of them are interesting. Some of them just give me a headache. It's like the old one you get, you know, there's a vase or is it two faces and stuff like yep. that. It's like, well... Yep. Or is this dress uh, white and gold or, or blue and black? Um, God. God, that was a fucking headache. Because, I mean, the strange thing is with that dress, at first I saw it as blue and black, and then suddenly I started seeing it as white and gold, and I've never seen it any different since then. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, it's strange what the mind can, you know, play tricks on you. Even though apparently the dress here is blue and black. Um, it's, one of, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's just yeah, yeah, one yeah. of those things. It's a very strange little illusion. There we go. Uh, right, I think we should just jump on because we don't want to bore the listeners and we don't want to waste their time with us chatting about anything that isn't relevant. And unfortunately... I'm like, here to listen to us chat shit. They love it. They love it, yeah. They're, 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 I, I can you know, run a little poll on your YouTube or whatever. I can guarantee you there will be more people watching this for the bands than there will be watching it for a Kinder review. What do you mean? People love Kinder. It's great. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah. Oh, Jesus wept. Um, right, we shall... Oh, Jesus wept. Okay. Before you Kinder. are, before you are, I ain't doing it. Oh, God. Well, I, you have to. You can't just pick the one, John. It's people's favourite part of the show. People love your breakdowns. People love my breakdown. Okay, well, okay. I'll try, but I'll, I will try. I'm unprepared, so you know. I, I, I will I'm, try I'm... while assisted by a medium <clears throat> of, of Wikipedia. I'm just going to give people the quick uh, information. It was written by Christopher Bailey and directed by Peter Grimwade, obviously produced by John Nathan Turner, and it premiered on the 1st to 9th of February in 1982. Okay, pop question for you you before we even start. Um, What uh, is the connection between Peter Grimwade and Robots of Death? Is he in it or something? Uh, No. uh, Robophobia, uh, the condition in Robots of Death where people are terrified and have a a, a, a morbid fear of robots is uh, also called Grimwade syndrome, which they named after Peter Grimwade because he found the uh, robots of death creepy. There we go. So you learn things on the Thomas podcast, never through me, but always through John. Yeah, you learn things on this podcast. They're never fucking useful, but you learn them. You learn them, yeah, exactly. But John, take it away. An Earth colonization survey expedition to the beautiful jungle planet Divaloka is being depleted as members of the survey disappear one by one. Uh, four have gone, leaving the remainder somewhat apprehensive. Uh, Sanders is your boss, and he relies on sort of bombast and generally a lot of sort of pomp and circumstance. Then you've got Hindle, who's his deputy, who's basically a lot nervier. Um, very much on the edge, and he's played by Jack Meadows out the bill. Um, and then you've got the science officer, who's Todd, who's played by the lovely Neris Hughes, who's a bit more kind of down to earth and level headed about everything. Um, so she doesn't see the natives who are called the Kinder as 
a threat, whereas the other two do. She's more kind of interested in the culture and wants to learn. Uh, the kinder themselves are a very strange race. Only the women can speak. The men are all mute. Um, and they kind of use telepathy to uh, communicate with each other. So that's your basic setup. So um, when we join it, um, the colonists are holding two of the kinder captive inside their base because they want to kind of learn from them, but effectively they've got them as hostages. Um, Todd points out that the kinder are probably more sophisticated than everybody thinks because the necklaces that they wear around their necks are formed in the shape of a DNA double helix. You know, so, which means they're quite, quite scientifically advanced, given that that's something that in this country we only really developed the double helix design in like the 1930s. We only really started to understand DNA in the 1960s. Right, okay, so uh, your TARDIS turns up. Uh, Nissa immediately faints and has literally nothing else to do for the rest of this story because the doctor puts her to sleep. Um, so Adric and the doctor go on a little bit of a walkabout, have a little bit of a wander. Um, and they go to, uh, they, they end up finding like a big armoured suit um, that the colonists used to survive in the jungle. And you, they activate that and it marches them back to the colonists' base um where your main boy sanders kind of welcomes them the deputy hindle is a little bit more sort of wary of them and um so sanders then decides that he's going to go out into the jungle himself he leaves hindle in charge and at this point hindle just completely loses the fucking plot Becomes, becomes a dictator, uses the two kinder hostages te telepathically as like his muscle and holds everybody hostage inside the, um, inside the base. Uh, Tegan, on the other hand, has gone to find a lovely tree with lots of wind chimes under it. Uh, she's fallen a kip under the tree and you know, <coughs> essentially I think because she doesn't have a telepathic link, there's nobody to watch over her mind while she's sleeping. Uh, the Mara kind of takes over her mind while she's dreaming and uses all kinds of ghosts and spectres in her mind and creepy images to take her over. Um, one of, one of them played by Anna Wing, who well, was uh, Don't interrupt me, breakdown. Right, sorry. <laughs> this is John's segment. Oh, sorry. That's no, fine. It adds, it's added to the mix. The mega mix. I've tried not to tried not to say it. Oh, I've been tried not to say it, but I did just say it. I got through That's a fine. whole episode last week not saying it, but I, 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 sorry, I did just say it. That's fine, um, mate. Um, you know, we've had complaints from a gun, but we've had complaints. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, she, one of them is played by Lou Beale from EastEnders, um, who is. Anna Wing, who is also the mother of Mark Wing Davy, who played the uh, Zaypor Beeblebrock in uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. For uh, anybody that doesn't know that. And she's basically prepared, sort of terrorized and provoked into just allowing the Mara into her mind. The Mara takes over. She then meets one of the kinder, one of the male kinder, a man called Aris. Uh, all Cockneys will now start giggling. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it means you bottom to, to us, Cockneys. Or uh, you move your heiress. Um, 
Get out of town. Bit of a mind readism. Um, and so he gets taken over by uh, Aris gets taken over by the um, by the Kinder as well. He gets like a snake tattoo moved onto his arm, and he develops the power of speech. That's how we know that he's actually um, different. Back at the base. Hindal is now completely doolally, brilliantly portrayed, but completely doolally. Um, and he's concocted a plan to blow up the entire dome and the jungle all around it because he sees that as the only way to survive. Um, but he's also kind of like become quite childlike. So he's doing things like hiding inside a big cardboard box and jumping out to scare people and stuff like that. Uh, Sanders has come back, but he's very much... Um, kind of humouring Hindal. And just, just like watching what's going on, and just like right, I'm not going to provoke him too much. He even stops Adric from escaping at one point, um, and it, it's it's just, uh, yeah, it just becomes a bit. It's all very tense. Very, very good, but very tense. Um, so he's then presented with um, um, like a wooden box. Um, which clears his mind when he opens it for some reason. I don't understand exactly why, but then I don't understand very much about this. Um, and it kind of lets him settle down, uh, settle down a little bit once they um, once they open the box in front of him because the box has previously been used on Sanders. Um, so yeah, the the doctor and the scientists, Todd go to see like the blind soothsayer woman Panna um, and she gives them a vision of the uh, of the Mara coming and like the last hours and you get the cliffhanger of episode three where like all of the time is running and flowing and everything goes a bit weird visually and that's quite a decent little concept um, uh, but then she immediately browns it after having the vision uh, for those that aren't from the east end that means she dies um, and there's a group of kinder that are now following Aris and just using him as a leader because he's got a voice. There's like some prophecy that's prophesized a male kinder that can speak. And they don't realize it's not his voice, it's the voice of the Mara. So they just follow him. Um, so the kinder with Aris all go off to attack the base. Um, the Doctor and Todd kind of rush back um now accompanied by um tegan to try and stop the whole situation um and essentially this is where they use got a little bit mixed up there this is where they use the box to bring kind of um hindle back to reality if you like back to life back to reality back to the here and now and there um, and then the doctor realizes that because the telepathic link to the kinder has been broken through a mirror, uh, the doctor realizes that they can use mirrors to destroy the Mara by making it face the evil within. Um, no, me neither. Um, and so Adric says, well, we've got some nice big solar panels, so we'll go and gather them all around and we'll will taunt Aris into the middle of this circle of solar panel mirrors 
and then we'll make him face himself, we'll make the Mara face itself. So they make Harris face himself, surrounded by giant mirrors. He collapses onto the floor. Um, the Mara comes out and says, so it's now just a massive fuck off rubbery snake. Uh, he gets dragged out of the mirrors and they just surround him now with, surround the Mara now with mirrors and eventually the Mara just like can't face it anymore. And after about two minutes of a giant fucking snake going around in a circle of mirrors, uh, just collapses on the floor um, and it, it can't face itself anymore. Um, and that's that really. Um, Nissa wakes up after sleeping for 140 minutes, which is pretty much what I wanted to do whilst watching this. Yeah. Um, uh, everybody goes home. Um, Todd decides that she doesn't want to stay on Kinder because it's all a bit too nice and too green and too plush for her. And um, and yeah, reality is restored. Although we're left with a little bit of a hint that the Mara might still be out there because you know there's a couple of little hints of. Tegan kind of saying, Doctor, have we really got rid of the Mara? And um, her sort of peeking through the mirrors when, they're, when they've got the snakes surrounded by the mirrors. So it may well not be the end. Oh, well, I mean, it may, it may well not be the end of the Mara, shall we say. There we go. Thank you very much, Tom. Don't ever make me do that again. I will never make you do that again. Right, not I've got... Not, not, not I've... I've got notes um, on every episode if you'd like to review it that way. Um, just because, you know, I, 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 think it's, I think it's a good, I think I've done a good job at getting every point across uh, very well. So uh, I've got it part by part, if you guys are, are comfortable with that or if you guys want to go a different route. I'm, more no, I'm happy for you to do it. I mean, I've, I've just got a general view on it, but I'm, 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 I'm happy for you to go through point by point and then I'll, I'll, I'll give you my view. Uh, I'll give you my view um, afterwards. Right, well, I put at the start, this is my first thing. My notes are very brief, they're not detailed. I put Nissa is everyone in the story, Actually. like you said. Like you said, just just yeah, wants to go to bed. I mean, it's worth mentioning that this was written, um, this was written before they knew they were going to have three companions. So, for yeah. a bit of background for those that don't know, Nissa was never meant to be a permanent companion. Um, at the end of season 18, it was meant to be the Doctor, Adric, and Tegan. Uh, but John Nathan Turner was very attached to the character of Nissa and Keeper of Trark, and so he decided to bring her back for Legopolis and Keeper on as a full-time companion. So I think this is one that was written when they thought it was going to be two companions, and obviously this was a really easy and obvious way to make it two companions rather than three. Yeah, I don't have an issue with it. You know, it, it's just funny that this is actually lucky that she gets to avoid. Um, actually, we can talk about general opinions now. This absolute shithole. Uh, this is this is the balance. I think this is this is a great episode of Doctor Who for entertainment value. It's hilarious, and I will go into the details in which I find it hilarious. But it is tripe. <laughs> I had watched this is the second time I've seen this one. I watched it when I was about fifteen to five years ago when I first got into like classic Who. It was one of the first ones I got. I got this in a box. It was in a box set with something. I think maybe it was like a snake double header. You know, I've never, it, I haven't seen Snake Dance. It, it, it came in a box that it came in a box set with Snake Dance. It was called Mara Tales. That's the one I got. I never ended up watching Snake Dance after I watched red, this one. It? it was a red box. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. That's the one. I that's the one. Well, I, I don't know. That was uh, the Tegan Tales box set. It was never called Tegan Tales. No, Mara um, Tales. Um, sure. The red box was Arc of Infinity and Time Flight. 
Um, what, what the Mara Tales was in a uh, just sort of like a dark purple box set. Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. But yeah, I put. Oh well, yeah, I put Nissa lol. Um, I thought it. I thought it was really funny. She's playing drafts with Adric, and she decides to want to leave the game. She goes, "Oh no, my head! Oh no! Oh no, my head! Oh no! I don't want to play with you anymore, Adric. I'll oh, go away. Oh." Um, I will give this episode props though for not using the sonic screwdriver and getting rid of it in the first part. Hey, I mean, I get rid of, uh, it, I get rid of it permanently in the next story. Yes, again, this is a weird one because we've reviewed the visitation on episode eight of the podcast. This is the two back to back where we've had stories that kind of link with each other, uh, sort of not not as much as why well, they didn't just blow it up in this story. I don't know, they're gonna blow it up literally in the next one. Yeah, I put. Peter Davison's really good in this from part one. And I would say that's consistent throughout. I think he's quite good. I think he's got some funny moments. I think he's quite strong. He's consistently good throughout his first season. I've got to say, he, he, he he's really good throughout his first season. I mean, you get into some slightly sort of ropey bits as you get into season 20 and 21. But 19, he, he cannot be forward. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely agree. There's um, there's um, you know, really good moments later on. Um, I also put interesting concept of the Kinder. I like the idea of this race, which they may seem you know easy and simple on the outset, but they've actually got this hidden hive mind way of you know the you know the telepathy and all that sort of stuff. I thought that was an interesting concept, and it allows us some good character moments with the characters we meet along the way. I thought overall that that first part actually it wasn't too we didn't get to anything too bad yet, and I thought the concept of the Kinder as a race actually was pretty interesting at least at the start. Yeah, I I I, I agree with you. I mean, there there isn't a time that we record this podcast when I don't see the appeal of a race where men can't speak. Anything from you, Owen, or are you just going to sit there and look pretty? It look pretty. Uh, <laughs> it has been three years. It has been three years since he watched it. Yeah. Uh, was that how long ago it was? Yeah, it was released, like, December, December 18. Because it was the second box set to be released, wasn't it? All right. Yeah. Owen, word of advice for the next podcast. I know this next one's probably not going to be as bad as Kinder, we hope. Watch the episode. Be prepared. Um, <laughs> to, be, to be fair to him, he's had quite a lot on. He has, he has, poor boy. He has, poor I'm, boy. So I'm, I'm literally just sort of like, I'm just going by muscle memory. Yeah. <laughs> be fair to him, he has, you know. He's been, a, he's been a busy chap. But if I've had the week that he'd had and somebody said, go and find yourself one hour 40 to watch Tinder, <laughs> I'd tell him to bugger off. <laughs> yeah, go fuck yourself. Um, play. Um, I put, um, there was also one really good performance in the first episode. I think we can talk about this as, a, as an entire concept. The Nissa, no, no, the Tegan intermine dream thing with the Kindo in the first part is really creepy and actually yeah. decently executed. Um, this is where I was watching this. I was going, have I harshly judged the story? I was watching this. I was like, this is actually all right. You know, when you meet that one character, you have that couple who are a bit weird and not really acting properly. And they're, you know, yeah, they're just strange. But there is that one guy who I don't know what his name is, but he was really creepy and really good with a Tegan. Good back and forth with Janet there as well. And I thought the space they used and the visuals, the makeup, I thought it looked great. I thought that entire sequence in part one where, you know, Tegan's in her own mind, it seems, or I don't think like John said it. This story makes no sense. She's somewhere 
and she's questioning whether she exists or whether she doesn't exist or whether they exist and it's all a bit creepy and the I guy thought, looks like someone from an 80s pop band I don't yeah know if that's just I, me. no no <laughs> not not i'm not saying you're wrong there i think i think you're i, I, I don't running. think it was i mean i mean there have been a few people from 80s pop bands turned up in Doctor Who, but uh, I don't mm. think it was one of them. Yeah. I mean, Lee John was one person who, who uh, turned up in uh, Enlightenment. Yeah. yeah. Brian, Brian Hibbert turns up in uh, Delta and the Bannerman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I oh, mean... Um, and uh, what's his name in uh, Revelation um, as the DJ? Alexis Sale. That's the one, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you guys make of this sequence? I do want to give this episode some props, you know, although I'm perceived as quite like a person. I don't just want to be well, satisfied. It was really good. It was really, yeah. good. It, was really sty- it was really stylish. It worked really well. But, you know, I think, to be fair, I think this whole episode, this whole story is actually very well directed. Yeah, yeah, I think... This whole story is actually... It looks it looks great. There's some great concept stuff in there. You know, it's, it's very well... So, yeah, it, it's a very good sequence. It looks really good. Yeah, Peter Grimwood obviously has done a, a few stories as well, so I don't I don't think this was his first. So clearly he uh, had some form of you know relationship with the cast. I thought it was really good. Uh, the last thing from part one, I thought the cliffhanger was really funny. It wasn't meant to be, but it was. I thought it was hilarious. Um, poor old uh, what's his face? I got I got his name here. Um, where is it? Uh, Hindle. He's recently been told he's the boss of the base, but like John was saying in his breakdown, he's slowly losing his mind and slowly getting a bit mental. And then suddenly, uh, leader boy, I forget his name as well. Hang on, my names are terrible here. Uh, oh. It's Sanders. He goes off. He's like, I'm going to go to the uh, uh, trees. You're in charge now, Hindle. And the door closes and he goes, I'm in charge now. He has a gun and he goes, I have the power over life and death. <laughs> Sat there going, what? What? <laughs> I was like, what's happening? Why? I feel was... that way every time I'm hosting a Zoom. Why? It's like, it was really funny. Now I know you're mad. I just wanted to make sure. I don't know why it was so funny to me, but it was just really funny. It's the way he's got the gun. It's just like, mm. it's just like that. It's the way, I think it's the actor's delivery. The actor's not doing a bad job in this, don't get me wrong. It's, 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 Kingdom, Alex Kingdom finds mental breakdowns and people being held hostage funny. Oh, come on. Don't <laughs> don't put me in this corner. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was funny. Just the way he had the gun, and then he was like, oh, I'm in control now. I have, the, I have the power over life and death. I think it was just that line that made me piss, my, piss myself. Um, and then that's it for part one. And I watched it, and I went, you know what? That wasn't half bad. You know, a bit weird, but nothing's gone too bad yet. Just you wait. Part two, I put the CCT, CC, there was a CCTV image um, and it was just a picture and it made me laugh because it's meant to be a video format of, of Hindle, but clearly at that time even the actor wasn't there. It was just a picture that they kind of stay on for 30 seconds. It doesn't move once, it doesn't even blink. Just a little thing that made me laugh. Uh, and I put nothing is happening. And I put nothing is happening again. I put chairs lol because they had chairs with the names on it. And it made me laugh because it was like they were on actual like film set in real life where you'd have the name on the back of the chair. Just a little bit. I put crap diet. Is that what you've got quickie written on the back of your chair? Exactly. Um, I put crap dialogue. Uh, there's a bit where Adric 
says to him, though at this point, Adric has sort of is seemed to have betrayed the doctor um, as, as such. And he's working for him, though. And um, the doctor, you know, Adric goes, there's something there. And then Hindle goes, where? And Adric goes, there. Whilst we're looking there at a blank screen. The stair. Where Which, on the stair? There where? on the stair. And I, I, I'm sorry, but like, it's not pointing at anything. It's really bizarre. It's terrible dialogue. I was just sat there going, Jesus Christ. I did, however, again, ambitious effects in this. I didn't watch it, the updated effects, uh, but the, the effects are ambitious. There are some decent moments. Um, I, I, I guess if you're going to give it any credit, the effects, I suppose, for the time aren't horrendous. Is that fair? <laughs> You know, um, I mean, at points they're really good. Yeah. Unfortunately, at the very end. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I put moving snake on the arm is really funny because it just kind of like every time the tattoo kind of transitions onto a new person, it looks dreadful. I think that's a good bit. It's also a good way to symbolize what's going on. It's, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's it's a good way to keep a track of who's yeah. been possessed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when when Hindu is beginning to slowly lose his body, he just shouts "Mummy!" Really funny. It's just kind of hilarious to me, especially because you can tell the actor's having a good time with it. He knows the dialogue's a bit crap, uh, so he's just going full blast, kind of just enjoying himself. Which, to be fair, Hindle's one of the better parts of the story. But I put even somebody's in the middle of a nervous breakdown. They're unlikely to be that bothered about fully constructed sentences. No, no, no. I, I've said the the, what, the performance of it. Yeah, the it's... performance. Of it. Yeah, but that's this is what this is what I'm saying. You know, you, in terms of the dialogue, Kindle's <laughs> dialogue for me is pretty spot on because it is that little bit off. Yeah, no, I, I did. Yeah, I think the performance and even some of the dialogues. Fine, I just found it funny that he randomly just shouts "mummy" randomly because it seems for me in the writing, Hindle's kind of downfall starts all right, and then it goes from like five to ten in like a part because they had to get rid of Sanders. Uh, well, they don't get rid of him, but he disappears for the whole of episode two, kind of. Um, I I just found it a bit odd. Uh, it gets better in the second half of the story for me, but. It just seems to, it's, it's a weird one. It's a weird character trait. Uh, I put evil Janet is hilarious because she's trying her best, bless her, but it's just a bit weird. She's like, she's not only she put a stern voice on and they've made her eyeshadow a bit dark. Damn it, Janet. Jesus. And that was at the end of part two. And at this point I was like, oh, still not as bad as I thought we were. But wait, there's more. I put part three. My first note was at least we're halfway through. Um, I put the music is good. It is pretty good. Yeah. I thought I think the music in this is quite atmospheric, works well. I think the music has... in the whole series 19 was pretty popular. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, because it, it, it yeah, it was after um it was after they'd sank Dudley. So, so yeah, I think it is. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right there. Um, 
Next pair I put was visions. I always find it funny in these shows when like characters have visions of people who want them to find you, but they never tell you where to go. They're just like, come to me. It's, it's really funny. I don't know why that makes me laugh. But when they're just like, come this way. It's like, but where, where, where are you? How do, how do I get there? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a nitpick of all nitpicks, but I just find it really funny. Um, I also like how the vision... Chop and changes between different characters. It's just it's really funny. Uh, also, that does take Sanders out of effect once again for for a little bit. Uh, he's overtaken by by the power of of the vision. But uh, you know the doc the Doctor uh, and Todd they're still good. I just want to say the character of Todd really like Todd. Great character. Nice. I think her back and forth with the Doctor is strong throughout this. Don't mind her. I think she's all right. Uh, I like the bit with the hand game because in part two, when when the Doctor, uh, Adric, and um, Todd are in prison, the Doctor and Adric play a little hand game. It's a bit magic and like you know, it's all about probability and where where the coin could be and what hand. I like the fact that it comes back later on when sort of a, a member of the Kinder. I don't know whether they say he's sort of like a jester. He comes through and he says, it's the doctor's time, just do a trick, make, make, a, you know, make, you know, appease the crowd. And Played so then, Rich Hollis from the bill. So you get this great moment where the doctor then does that hand trick. I thought that was just a nice bit of writing. One of the fair few small bits of good writing, but I thought, you know what? They established that in part two, they bring it back in part three quite well in a nice little moment. I thought it works. I put, I put, uh, keep silent, idiot. It was a legitimately funny line. The fact, the fact they kept calling the doctor an idiot and you wouldn't shut up. I thought that was like legit, but I was like, fair play. You made me laugh on purpose for the first time. Well done. And then I just put, can I sleep now? You can say, see, the, 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 and then I put my eyes hurt CGI. This is where I was talking about the ambitious CGI earlier on. At the end of part three, they sort of just go mental with it and they throw it at the wall. And it's sort of just like, I see what they're trying to do. I respect the ambition. Some of it looks good. Some of it doesn't. It's just really bright and really irritating to the eyes. I don't know whether this is sort of updated and the updated effects. I don't know. But I just, I found it quite horrible to watch the last minute or and a half or so of the last I mean, part it's, three. It, it's nightmarish, which is, it, 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 it's what they're going for. Yeah, I, I think I think it like it's effective in a sense, but it just hurt to watch. Like legit, like it was like, maybe it's my, my eyes are quite weak anyway. But I don't know whether it's just my eyes, but it just it hurt what to watch a bit. I think it's because it's so consistent and it's lights changing color and they're quite harsh lighting as well. Again, to reflect the fact it's nightmarish, but it just. I remember somewhere in the story um, where the doctor turns around because I think he's got an apple and he goes oh an apple the day uh keeps the doctor oh never mind um, yeah that's part one that's part one yeah yeah I thought it was I can't uh, just where it was as I say it's been three years since I watched it yes and then you obviously there, John, you look like you're falling asleep is he falling I'm just resting my eyes it's because it's because it's because because it's, it's kinder. Um, part four, uh, we get unfortunately, Panna uh, couldn't handle the the vision or uh, of the of the end, so she unfortunately does die, like John mentioned. 
And then we get a mind change into the younger person. I just thought it was really funny because they sort of do it for one scene where they sort of write it as if Panna has now become this younger person. But it's, it, it doesn't stick, which was a bit interesting to me. Um, I thought, you know, obviously we then, we go back to the base or the dome uh, every now and then. We check in uh, on, on good old Hindle uh, and he's talking to a paper man. Mm. It's, it's it's really really bizarre, and I also thought that Sanders is sort of playing up to it. I don't really understand why that is in the story. I don't think they had written that bit very well. Yeah, he's humor. He's, he's humoring him. He's trying to keep himself safe by humoring him. Okay, cause I didn't pick up on that. I picked up on the fact that like Sanders was just getting in line. I was like, no, 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 no. He's, he's humoring him. Okay. Um, he realizes how dangerous he is. I put man versus robot fight is stupid. It looks bad. It is bad. It's not, it's really funny. Adric's in this robot thing and it's powered by his memory or something. And then the gesture, I think it's the gesture. It might not be that same character. Is fighting the robot by doing flips and stuff. And it's really hilarious. It's so bad. It's just, uh, and the doctor comes out and turns out Adric stops which is weird because the doctor kind of goes, it's powered by your mind and you're afraid and that sort of stuff. So, okay, I guess, sure. But then, right. It's like, okay. Um, there's a random point when Hindle is talking to Todd about the box. And I think Hindle's just been given the box. I, it's not even him, I don't think. It's a random person in the background. You could just hear going, um... I don't get what's going on. It just made me laugh. Just, I don't know what, why. Maybe I misheard um, that. I put Adric is shit. Because he is. There's also a bit as well where he goes, oh, I had to control it to the doctor. Like, is Adric... Because people always question whether Adric was actually written to be unlikable. But like, no, you didn't, Sunshine. The doctor had to come in and save your bacon. You know, just awful. Um, I put Mara, just Mara. It's shit. Like John described with mirrors and all that, so it's shit. It's the puppet. Yeah, and then I put the words thank fuck at the end because it finished. And that is my step-by-step viewing process. Step by step. Indeed. But yeah, just to go into general thoughts now. Like you said, John, I think we disagree slightly on the Hindle stuff. I think the writing could have been effective, but I don't don't know whether the performance works. I think it's too comedic. Simon Simon Rouse is fantastic. I'm sorry, but for, for me, Simon Rouse is fantastic as a man on the edge who gets tipped over and he's basically like a dictator, but he's a dictator in charge of four people. Yeah. You know, the comedy isn't in his performance. The comedy, is, the comedy is in the situation. Yeah. Uh, it didn't work for me, to be honest. I will, I will, I will defend that performance until my dying day. I, I think he's fantastic. And he's one, he's one of the best things about this story. Uh, it just didn't, didn't work for me. You can't mend people, can you? 
Yeah, yeah. I think it's a great line, actually. It really is. It's factually correct. Uh, but like I said, Neris Hughes, I thought Todd was really good in the story. I think she is a really good character. Um, I think overall, the fact as well that she's sort of on a similar intellectual level to the Doctor as well. It's not just like the Doctor showing this new character and they're going along for the ride. She is actually really good in it and sort of keeps the Doctor on his toes throughout the story. Um, and I like the back and forth they have. I like the fact that when they go and um, they go and they meet... Uh, uh, Karuna, uh, not Karuna, what's her name? Karuna's the younger, Panna, thank you. Uh, that, you know, she kind of gets a little bit of a kick for the doctor being called an idiot and all that sort of stuff. Their relationship is very good. The bit with the heads and tails and the doctor, you know, I think gets, you know, I think it, it's revealed to be heads and then she just does tails anyway. And he goes, all right, um, you know, that sort of stuff. They have a really good back and forth. They're fun to watch. So whenever the story cuts to those two, it, there's, there's something to enjoy to watch there. I think, for me anyway. Yeah, there's good chemistry there between them. But then, Sard is an interesting character to me, because in part one he's really good, and then proceeds to just be like a punching bag for the next three parts. I don't just mean having to, like, as you said, John, pretend. That's also, I mean, like, he gets taken to the robot, then he comes back and... Yeah, he, but he, he does also get fundamentally changed by looking in the box. Yeah, yeah, he does. But yeah. then is immediately, you know, I don't know. It's just the fact that, like, so that he gets, so he gets the dumber shocks and then he, he then, he's in the cell. So then he, when he comes back, he serves no purpose really until the doctor can get back to him. I just, I don't know. I really love the writing frame in part one, but I think part of the story, his impact sort of lessens, but I suppose it's okay. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't really do much wrong it's just a bit whatever um like we said hindle is it's great i just i don't like i said i think i agree with you the performance all right it's either for you see i just don't know if the dialogue's brilliant for me anyway but like you said john it's by the by um i just I, i just found myself laughing too much and if it's meant to be like a serious mental breakdown thing um I'm sat there going. I just don't. I didn't really. I didn't really get the man on edge part towards the end of the story. I more got the. He's completely lost it. So why doesn't someone just like punch him in the face now and nothing would go wrong? If you knock him out, he's not going to have the mental telepathic link over the Kinder anymore. So you could just do that. Yeah, in the moment trying to knock him out, you could you could turn to play at the base. I don't know. It's just whacking. They need a steel chair like WWE. Whacking in the back of the end of the steel chair. No, there weren't any steel chairs in the base. I know. But I'm just saying. I just. I don't know. I just didn't like. I didn't like it. I think it just didn't work for me. I didn't find him. I didn't find him. What's the word? I didn't find him. I didn't find him menacing. I didn't find him. There was no threat level for me from from the character towards the end. First couple parts, maybe. But then as soon as he went like ridiculously mental and started jumping out of cardboard boxes, I was like, okay. But sure, like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe I missed something. Maybe I was just gone by the episode. But yeah, it just didn't, didn't, didn't work for me as, a, as an overall threat, shall we say. Mm. Uh, the only thing to talk about now is the actual Marvel itself and how crap it is. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it, the, the, the pub itself is not brilliant, um, which uh, the, the CGI definitely sort of makes up for it, I think. Yeah, I, I'll agree with, I haven't seen the CGI, but I'll agree with the puppet looks crap, but also the execution looks crap, like John was saying. The, the, the way they defeat it makes no sense. If it looks at itself, it will die. Right? Okay. Sure. Why? And then Adric goes, oh, we've got this over here. It's like, oh, that, that's fucking convenient. I mean, to be fair, you'd expect a, a, a colony base on a, on, a, on a random planet to have solar panels. I know, I know. It's just sort of... It just it, it feels like a cheap ending. I, it, it feels cheap to me anyway. It's just like, oh, let's surround him by mirrors. Right, sure. <laughs> okay, we've been building this up for ages, and that's how we get rid of the, the big snake. Mirrors. Yeah. Right. Okay, fine, I guess. It's over at least. It's really funny and it shouldn't be funny, but it's funny. And that's the problem with most of the story is that it's going for some serious impact with certain bits and just flops because of how bad it is. And that's the problem. Is that if I was watching this episode drunk, like I've, I've put two ratings down here. Much overall rating of the episode and um, a different rating, but yeah, I think that's my biggest pitfall with Kinder is that a lot of it fails because it either makes no sense or it's shit or it's just hilarious, and most of the time, not it's not trying to be funny, it just is. But I don't know if that's just me. What about you two? I wouldn't say I found it funny at any point. Um... I think there's some really good stuff in here. The direction's great. Some of the experimentation with the CGI is great. You know, the dream sequences, as we were talking about earlier, is great. Um, the, the, the individual performances from the guest cast are really, really good. Um, you know, there is some attempts at some very high concept stuff in here with, you know, the stuff about telepathy and, and the Mara being a telepathic monster and stuff like that. Unfortunately, it doesn't all tie together. Um, and what we've basically got here is a Doctor Who story that is very much up its own ass. Yeah. You know, it, it thinks it's a lot better than it is. You know, you would I rather watch this or watch The Visitation, which is the next story in line? I'd rather watch The Visitation any day. Because it's the proper Doctor Who story with monsters and a bit of running around and some proper threat and a great big android and, and uh, you, you know, and some lizards. And, and yeah, it's great. Whereas this is like, it's, it's, it's all, it's like kind of, oh, yes, the beast sees itself in the mirror and it's like, oh, fuck off. Yeah. Yep. No, I can't. Yeah, um, I can't so, so yeah, it's it's got. I think it's got ideas above its station. Um, I think if this was the new Who story, it would be significantly better delivered, and then actually probably pull it off. But I think it's a classic Who story. It just doesn't work in that four by twenty-five minute format. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, and you know, like some of the themes in there, like some of the some of the religious imagery around Buddhism and Christianity and stuff like that, very, very interesting, very, very good, but not really expanded on. Yeah, rather watch this story than um, Time Nash, obviously. Um, But yeah, but um, yeah, apart from that, I I completely agree with uh, everything that John says. Uh, I think John's basically said it all for me. Okay, that's all right. Well, let's have the scores on the doors. I'll go to, to John first, just to see. I mean, it's not terrible. Um, I think were it not for some of the performances and some of the effects and the, the general direction of it, I think it would score a lot worse. I'd give it a six. I went from your memory vault. Uh, seven. Okay, I'm gonna get in some trouble. I'll go with a three, <laughs> but the entertainment value of a nine. Um, if you want to get drunk, watch some Doctor Who. This one's a great one to watch because it's funny, at least to me, anyway. There were so many parts where I was, I was just laughing at what I was looking at, and I shouldn't have been. Like I guess I think that, like, like John said, I think there are so many good things here in concept, but the execution of them for me, for the most part, isn't great. And concepts are going to get you so far. You could have one of the greatest stories in Doctor History in concept, but then you execute it poorly, and it doesn't work for me anyway. This one, the threat wasn't there. I didn't understand what was happening most of the time. Characters just disappear for points and then come back for no reason. The only thing that's consistent about it is the Doctor and, and Todd. They're the only characters that makes sense and the decisions make sense. Adric makes no sense because you never know whether he's actually doing good or doing bad. And even at the end, he's still a bit of a prick. The only thing I really liked about it was the dream sequences and they end up they end up part one. So yeah, for me, it's a, it's a three, unfortunately. Let's hope next week's is better. Speaking of which. Your wheel out. I've got the wheel already up. Oh, it does look like a. It does look like one of the four wheels. Um, I need permission to screen shells on our uh, on our recording device, which isn't which isn't totally a uh, a well known meeting meeting user. Um, Permission granted. Thank you very much. Here we go. Right. Everything is here. Oh, sighting. Look at that. It's Oh, that'll turn your eyes funny, won't it? Yeah, yeah. exactly. There's so much crowned on one wheel. Oh. So that what is it? Oh, it's spinning, it's spinning, it's spinning, it's spinning, it's spinning. It's spinning. Oh, oh cool. shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> because it's the same. Oh, because, it, <laughs> because, it's same because, because it's the same series, I'm going to go for a respin. No, no, no. No, no, no. no because no. it's the same oh, series, no, I'm going to go for a respin. No, because we do these once a month, I want a different doctor. I'm doing a respin. Okay. Okay. But what we, do it, we, the we again? do it on the proviso that that is the next one after this. Sure. That's Ladies fine. and gentlemen, well, he, he didn't even tell you what it was. Oh, yes! 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 The mind of evil. Yes! The mind of evil. The mind of evil 
and the we'll have to, the other one was time flight, which we will do another day. So, um, so, so your so what we're saying is, listeners, that your March Doctor Who review will be the John Pertwee classic, The Mind of Evil, and in April we will be doing Time Flight. It's been said on the podcast. Now we're holding you to it. You what? You, you weren't going to get out of reviewing two shit season out nineteen stories in the space of a couple of months. There we go. It's time for it. Well, let's show that you guys so and much for. And, and I tell you what, we might have to be a little bit careful in what we say about that one. Oh, God, you're right as well, aren't you? Oh, no. We might, to, we might have to be a little bit careful when we say about Mind of Evil. Yeah. Um... Not only because of certain bits, that, but also because it's a perfect story and John will kill us. Yeah, I will. And, and you know, there's something else oh. that I'm going to say after we've stopped recording. Yeah. Okie dokie. Um, but anyway, guys, thank you so much for watching. Remember to like, comment, subscribe to the channel. And all the Spotify, I don't, I forget what they're called. I think it's following on Spotify and all this sort of stuff. I think Apple's the same. Just subscribe, do, do the thing, do the equivalent of subscribing. Uh, remember to like and comment if you're on YouTube, uh, if you want to. Um, I always try and do reply to comments if I get them. Um, like about if, the whole, if I, if I get them, if I get them, sometimes I don't, and that's fine. Um, I just, Saves me a job, I suppose. Um, uh, like next please, week on the show, please, please keep your comments civil and yeah, constructive. Don't just be a cunt. Yeah, you got three this episode. Add it to the mega mix. Well, I did, I yeah, didn't play at all last week, did I? So yeah, you know. yeah. So you're making up for lost time. Um, next week on the show, Adam Amin will be back with his review of Captain Marvel. Next week will be Captain Marvel. You can follow John on Twitter at John Boy. Underscore is it John by Cook or underscore? I keep forgetting. I feel underscore John Boy underscore Cook. Follow Owen at Doctor Disco sixty three. Buy from the Who shop if you if you want to. They have some amazing Doctor Who related products. Like, like what? Like I don't know. I mean, do do they think of something? I'm sure there's something that we will have. I mean, do they have the Mara Tales on DVD? Yeah, people, or, or the season nineteen collection box set. Yes. So if people would be interested in watching Kinder, or if you want to watch Mind of Evil in advance of the next Doctor Who podcast, you could buy season eight. Yes. Until then, though, guys, you can follow me, Alex King, it's called Dom. You can follow the Twitter at the Timers Pod on Twitter, and we'll see you guys all very soon. Take care. Look after yourselves. Don't have nightmares. Do sleep well. You can't mend people.